Hello and welcome to the QBR podcast live from the good ship Kilburn. It's our end of season party and has, as has become tradition, we're recording in front of a live audience at the good ship with not one but two big names uh, joined here by the founding team of the QPR podcast. I'm David. We've also got Paul Finney here. Hello. Chris Charles. Hello. And Chris Mendez. Hello. Sharing a mic. <laughs> we're sharing a mic tonight. Um, and our special guest for what is part one of the podcast, and if you're listening to this tomorrow... This is part one, and we're going to have part two out later in the week. But our guest uh, on part one is CEO uh, of QPR, Lee Hughes. Hello. Um, we're going to ask you a few questions for a bit, Lee, if that's all right. Thank you very much for joining us. And then we're going to open it up to the audience. And I'm told there's no question that you won't answer. Really? I didn't quite say that. Okay. I said you can ask whatever you want. I didn't say necessarily guarantee I'd give you an answer. Um, okay. Uh, I will jump in with the first question, uh, which is you were, if I've got my dates right, you were appointed or you were announced that you were going to be the CEO of the club a year ago this week or a year ago next week. Right. Um, so if you were marking your own homework, what grade would you give yourself Ooh. one year on? <laughs> I should have taken that, 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 that uh, I said to Lee, do you want to know the first question? And he said no. So. Okay, well, first of all, it's not quite been a year. It might have been announced, but I didn't start until July. So does that mean you get a partial grade? He's Fine. crap with dates anyway. Don't yeah, worry about exactly. it. Okay. Um, how would I grade myself? Effort, A+. Plus. Results, mm, probably B. And when you say results, do you mean results... What, what, I, what I set out to achieve and what I actually achieved against what I want to achieve. Because we, we've got, uh, there's some really positive things I think have happened. Um, you know, I, I think with, with football, well, with human beings, they're always um, kind of reluctant to change, but football fans make it an art form. So to push some things <laughs> forward across the line, um, it, it just takes a while to do. Uh, I'm extremely lucky, I think, in the staff have really embraced the kind of things I, I, I want to bring. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to, to the staff at QPR for that. But um, there's um, a lot of new things, I think, that happened this year. You know, we've got um, new club crest, which you'll undoubtedly ask me about as well. Um, you know, we've, we've, um, we're looking at now getting out of the, um, the website for the Football League. When that contract expires next, next year, we've already started working on a new, new website for that. Um, new season ticketing structure, new ticketing structure introduced the flexi ticket last year so that was new as well so you know a lot of a lot of things going on so uh, so in some ways maybe i think maybe i'm unrealistic in my expectations because if you want to push things that far forward then you do need to give it time to to, to settle down but um my opinion of me is you know the, the day I'm, I'm happy to stop trying to push change is well probably the day i need to go put, kick my feet up on the beach somewhere and you'd had several roles in, in football before QPR. What was your impression of the club before you joined? I think with QPR, obviously, I've, um, you know, I worked at Fulham, so we had a ground share at, at Fulham. I know. What, what can I say? You know, I'm, I'm, I, won't, I won't defend it because I, I have to confess, 
I've liked all the time I've spent it with every club I've been at, um, and I've made some some terrific friends there. And I'm sure I've um, generated a few uh, a few social media posts as well in my time. Not all of them positive. Well, actually, most of them probably pretty negative. But at the end of the day, <laughs> thank you. Um, but 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 at the end, end of the day, you know, so I, I had a bit of a glimpse of the club, familiar with Loftus Road. Um, the, the impression from the club from the outside is, is it's a good club. It's a uh, you know, it's got a lot of potential. Um, let's face it, there aren't that many clubs in West London because because the, the limited geog- well, there are actually quite a few clubs in West London, but West London is a very very um, desirable place to be. I think the things that, that attract me about the club is it's um, it, it's it, it's different. It's um, it's kind of quirky. It's kind of a edginess and a coolness about it. Um, before I started, I was appointed, as you say, about a year ago. I just don't remember. But Burnley put me on um, gardening leave for whatever reason. But I, I thank them for it because it's the greatest invention I've ever seen. So, like, yeah. <laughs> so you, I can't start working at QPR until July. Yeah. But you're going to pay me. Yeah. And I have to come to work. No. So basically, you're going to pay me for doing nothing. Yeah. We've been doing it for the last three and a half years, so what's the difference? <laughs> okay, fair That's enough. Cool no, this goes out on the internet. <laughs> I mean, we're not listened to by a lot of people in Burnley, but you never know. It's too late now. <laughs> um, so, for me, I came down here because I, I said, well, I might as well go home to the folks in the States and, you know, new team. I'm going to stock up on merchandise and take it back there. I picked the day when the club shop was closed for, for doing a stock take. So, I'm like, damn. Um, but I ran into a guy who was renewing his season ticket. And um, he, he had the same idea that I had had. He was going to come up, and he came up from Southampton. He was going to buy his season ticket, thought he'd buy some things. And I said, oh, so, so where are you from originally? He goes, well, I'm from Bittern, which is just outside Southampton. I was like, you're from Bittern? He said, yeah. He goes, you don't support the Saints? No. Why not? He said, I don't know. I, I, I was, cause when I was a kid, I was growing up, you know, and I, I, I turned on, I was watching QPR, the blue and white, the hoops, you know, stand balls and all that. And he said, just hook me. So I said, you've never supported Southampton, even though you've always lived in Southampton. He said, no, I've always supported QPR. And I thought, that tells you what a different kind of a club it is. And, the, and um, one of the things that's really captured me is, is just how many people have said, I don't know, it's the hoops. They always start out with the hoops. And I think that's a really, really unique thing. Um, nobody talks about Reading in the hoops, but everybody talks about QPR in the hoops. So, you know, it, it is, it, it's just that differentness to, to the whole place. Well, they do talk about <clears throat> Reading as the hoops, just the fake, fake hoops. Fake hoops, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, also helps, say, it also helps you have hoops that go the whole way around. Yeah. <laughs> well, come on the, to that. The, the, <laughs> which, 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 I mean, like, vertically or horizontally? Well, vertically a strike. Right, exactly. right. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Carry on. Your surname is one bit short of hoops anyway, so it's probably the perfect place. I was just going to say, one of your former clubs, Leicester, have had a, quite a decent week this week. Yes. Um, any chance that we could replicate and, that? And Burnley. You know, and your other former club, Burnley. Yeah. Yeah, I feel a bit sorry for Burnley because, you know, they're great, they've gotten promoted, but nobody even knows right now because Leicester are just, you, you know, what they've done is absolutely amazing. And um, is there any hope? I think what Leicester did gives everybody hope. I think it's really, really good for football when something like that happens. When really, the, you know, it's always perceived that oh, there's there's only three or four clubs that can win the championship, and then suddenly Leicester did what they did, um, and they did it really under the radar. They didn't, you know, didn't have huge flash players at the beginning. Nobody. You know, Vardy at the beginning of the season, nobody really knew much about him. Oh, he came up from the conference, but you know, Mares, what a deal that was. <laughs> I think it's fantastic what they've done, and yeah, I think that, that gives everybody hope, and yeah, we'd be hoping to, to emulate that at some point. Um, Lee, that's kind of a point I wanted to ask, ask you, is when you look at who was in, you weren't here, so you're not responsible, 
in the relegation struggle we had last season, there was um, Leicester. I don't know what they did, but apparently they did something this week quite interesting. There was Hull and Burnley. So was it always going to be our expectations to be mid-table, or were we actually going to try and do what they just did, which is try and get back at the first attempt at the start of the season? So, but you mean Hull? Yeah, sorry. But obviously, the relegation battle last season was us, Leicester... Um, Burnley, Burnley yeah. yeah. So what I'm saying is, Leicester went on to win the Premiership, which is fair enough. No one's yeah, seen yeah, that yeah, coming. Yeah. Yeah, no, right, so yeah. Burnley are going up, Hull in the playoffs. But it was always our ambition, was it, to try and stabilise rather than compete with that? I think stabilise. Burnley had the advantage of they could maintain a core squad, and the, the the philosophy when Burnley went up was we want excellent, good quality Championship players who are capable of competing in the in the Premier League. But if we do get relegated, don't be afraid of relegation because they'll be strong. They know how to handle that league. Part of that strategy is, um, you know, there, there were some um, some characters here that probably weren't really ready for, for the drop down in, into the championship because it's a completely different style of play. It's a lot more rough and ready, and you, and you you really got to you know be prepared to roll your sleeves up and get stuck in. So I think Burnley were actually better prepared for relegation than probably QPR were. Lee, um, at the fans' forum at the start of the season, I think. Uh, you said the aim was to avoid relegation, uh, make sure we have some stability this season, which we have achieved, to be fair. What, what would uh, represent success next season? So success next season, I still think we're going through a, a transition um, with, with, uh, with, with some players going out, other players we need to bring in. I think Jimmy's given us a good indication of the kind of players he wants to bring in, you know, with Connor Washington and, um, you, you know, and Naz coming in. He likes that high energy, that high tempo type of game, um, and I, you know, and I like that kind of game. Uh, you, I think the first time I really, really saw it in action was the Champions League final a few years ago. Um, so I do tend to call it a German style because that was when Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund were playing, and it was just boom, 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 and they never stopped. And I thought, God. It's got to be the best football I've ever seen. And really, I think a lot of teams have gotten into that. Quite frankly, that's Burnley style as well. It's about teamwork, high energy, uh, you know, efficient football, and, and, and keeping that high tempo up. It's about having fit players who are out there, rolling up their sleeves, getting the job done, and doing whatever it takes to do it. I think that's what most fans want to see. Of course, we want to see a winning team. But the most important thing is, all right, if we lose... I just want to make sure that they haven't left anything on the pitch. I want to see them give their all, and then if we get beat, we get beat. Fair enough. But please go out there. I paid you know a lot of money to come in to to, to, pay, to see this this match. I want to make sure I get my money's worth. Now, I don't think, and Jimmy doesn't have any arguments with that. That's exactly what he wants. Uh, did you did you have a follow up? I was just going to ask. I mean, has it got to the stage where you have set targets for next season at all? You mean acquisition uh, targets? Yeah. Oh yeah. Can we beat Fulham away, please? <laughs> can, can we beat Fulham away and Fulham at home? That's, 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 yeah, yeah. FA Cup game whammy. would be nice. Just, just go there without getting humiliated. It'd be nice. Okay. Is is is, is he in charge of the one-liners? <laughs> uh, Lee, uh, your delivery, I love. Your obviously your remit is the off the pitch stuff. Um, and a few months ago, there was an article in the Telegraph that listed the ten worst run football clubs. QPR was second in their list. First was Blackpool, but you've got to go some way to beat Blackpool. Because <laughs> um, I don't think Tony Fernandez is sending abusive texts to any fans. I don't think the no, club just is the suing executive. any fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, whether that's true or not, there's a reputation problem. There's a long-standing reputation problem about how the club is, has been run. I guess two-part question. First part is, 
I guess, what, what's your part in trying to repair that? And how can we as fans have confidence that the same mistakes of the past are not going to keep being repeated? Well, given that question, you can expect to hear from our lawyers in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> this is a telegraph. I can't let him have monopoly on the one-liners. It was, it was me you worried about. <laughs> Carry on. Um, you know, yes, I, I'm familiar with the article. Um, there are Did certain... they hear from our lawyers? <laughs> Yes. I don't know. I don't know, actually. Okay. Probably not, because at the end of the day, it's an opinion piece. Um, I don't remember the, the, the nuts and bolts of the article, but what they, if they cited anything specifically. Um, I, I think part of the problem was probably... I don't remember that. Or I think it was... Uh, was it Phil? One of the Nevilles wrote an article as well about QPR looked like a club that just didn't lack, that lacked direction based on the acquisition. I don't know if anybody remember that it was one. Gary, wasn't it? It was What's Gary Neville. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I thought, actually, I can understand where he's coming from because the types of players that were being brought in, what, you know, what, was there a cohesive strategy from a football standpoint of what you're trying to do? And I think most of the football world, and you know, I'm not going, there's no sense in defending the indefensible, would have said, yeah, it's probably a valid article. Um, I think now we have a lot more of, a, of identity, you know, and that's one of the keys is about alignment. You know, we talk about culture, we talk about alignment. And I thought, you know, in, in Burnley, they used to call it Sean Deitch bingo. You know, how many times they'll say, you know, you know, one club mentality, you know, we've got to align the club. But it's absolutely positively correct. You know, you ha- everybody has to be on the same page. Everybody has to know what they're doing. Everybody has to know, you know, things from the same hymn sheet with what direction we're trying to go, what the club actually stands for. One of the things I did the first three months, really, is I did a lot of interviews with fans about, tell me what the club actually means. Now, I, we, we've collated all that information. We'll be launching something um, in the summer over there about what, what, what our values are, what our mission is. I know it sounds kind of HR fuzzy stuff, but I think it's important to get that out there so the fans know. I've, we, we've listened to what you're talking about. We have a view on how we're, how we're going to do things, and everybody needs to be going in that same direction. Now, there's one thing I will pull everybody up on. Everybody likes to say... We're, into, we're about developing players. We've always developed our players. Am I right on that? Yeah. Yep. Okay. When developing a player, especially a young player, confidence is such a key thing. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I watched Cole Capecua come on the pitch, and he misplaced a pass. And around me, mostly what I heard was, Wah! but I also heard a couple of boos, and I thought, no. you talk about developing players, but that's the stuff that kills our young players. So it can't be, yeah, we want to see us develop players, except when I want to see us win between three and five on Saturday, it's about, look, young players will make mistakes. It's, I know it's frustrating, but it's really important that we get behind those young players and give them support because that's what's going to help their development program. Um, can I just talk about something a wee bit different from that? No. Okay. Um, about players from our past, our glorious past. I mean... I don't know about anyone here, but you know, there's, there's, a, there's a guy called Stan Bowles we all know about that people have named their hamsters after when they were children. When they got to teenagers, they named their cats after. And when they became adults, they named their children after. Because that's what Stan Bowles means to QPR. Even the I, w- I, I was talking to someone yesterday um, called Don Shanks. Um, not dropping any names, he's saying. And they're, they're doing a benefit thing for Stan at Wimbledon Dogs in July to basically give Stan and his family a holiday because Stan's not very well, as you, everyone knows. If only we had a chairman that had an airline that could... <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. Therefore, they could do the benefit evening for Stan. And then someone from some... No, God knows where, 
could come in and say, here, we are Asia. Um, those are some airline tickets. Those are your family. And um, give one of our greatest players ever a decent holiday. I don't know if you can make that happen, but I'd love that to happen. Why don't you send me in the details? Sorry about that. <laughs> now we'll get cracking right away on looking for a chairman with an airline. <laughs> um, I was just going to move along from that to say um, the goals for next season. Are we looking... We're going to use the same goals. We'll change them <laughs> next. But... He's here all week. I mean, next season, I mean, for us as fans, I think... Well, me certainly, I've been banged, banged on about it for long enough on the podcast. It was great just getting to that situation where we couldn't go up or couldn't get down, and, and it's fine. We, we weren't ready this season. We just needed that season of consolidation. Next season, however, I mean, for me personally, I think spotting the playoffs would be a, a decent benchmark to set. Uh, is, is that what you think as well? Or? I, I think what, the, what we need to do is set the, the goal as we need to be competitive in every single match that we go out there, whether it's, and I know and I've gotten the feedback already, whether it's a cup game, whether it's a league game, go out there. And, cup and game, be you say. Cheap <laughs> 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 <Yes>. tea bag. <laughs> Go out there and set up a team that's capable of competing and doing as best as you can, which goes back to what I said before about, look, as long as you're giving your all, that's all I can expect. Of course you want to go out and you, you want to do everything you can. And that's, that's, real, that's how Burnley did it. They, they didn't go out and say, right, we're going to go out and try and win, and win, the, win the league or, or gain promotions. We're going to go out, we're going to take it one game at a time, and we're going to, to be as competitive as we can in that game. Leicester did the same thing. You ever heard Ranieri, and I know it sounds like it's a, it's a cliche, and yeah, yeah, all managers say that, but it's about literally, don't look two weeks down the road, don't look three weeks down the road. We have a game this Saturday. That's the game we need to be looking at. Even this week, when you can you know, a lot of people are saying, well, you should do this, you should do that. It's really, does, game doesn't mean much. Jimmy doesn't look at it that way. Jimmy says, no, we have a duty to this competition to go out. I want to see those guys. I don't want them to leave anything behind. So I can guarantee you the second half against Brighton, there were a few words said about that. He said, that's not an acceptable performance. Our fa- fans are paying money to see this. We need to go out and we need to perform. And to be fair, I think a lot of the lads have risen and said, yeah, you're absolutely right. We do need to do that. But that was this season and Jimmy came in when at a time when we'd perhaps accepted or it didn't look likely that we were going to go up so that's fine surely to have that aim for this season to be competitive in every game but surely you're not saying he's going into next season and the only objective is to be competitive in each game I think that's got to be the objective take it one game at a time and try to win one game at a time because that can take you anywhere that can take you to promotion so that is quite a reversal on the strategy earlier in the season which appeared to see the end of Chris Ramsey, right? Because he, that was he, he. He he went, and it was. I, don't, I can't remember the quote, but he I th- went I think because the quote, I think the quote was give, um, given the players that we retained. You, you know, it was, it was felt that promotion was the priority this year, and we, we we had to do it. If it were only that simple, and sometimes the players you retain. Again, I get back to my probably one of my first comments, which is not all players because they were you know in you know performed in the in the Premier League capable of performing in the championship sometimes it's a different level and you, you need that, that competitiveness that, 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 well not competitiveness probably a bad choice of words but certainly that, that work ethic, that roll up your sleeve grind it out mentality to get through the championship and that's, the, that's what we need that's really what we need to see next season Are we, I mean you mentioned Jimmy's got his targets are we going to be offloading some players this, uh, during the close season 
I'm thinking specifically the likes of Leroy Fur, Sandro, if we can get any money for them. That would be really inappropriate for me to, to comment on <laughs> players that, that come in uh, because that's really just throwing them under the bus, isn't it? Yeah. So at, at the end of the day, those players, you know, the two that you mentioned, are out on loan right now, um, you know, playing in the Premier League. And I'm sure if, um, you know, if a Premier League club came in for them, um, that's probably where they prefer to be. But, OK, I'll, I'll, I'll reword that. Do we need to ship players out before we can get some players in? I think that the plan is there is a budget that is we can do this with bringing players in. Then if we do get some money from sales, there's, we can top up on, this, on a few other things. Um, um, there's a number of players, apart from those that you're talking about, who are out of contracts um, coming up in the next few weeks. Are we going to hear about what's happening with them anytime soon? Yeah, I think the first step in that, the process, is um, the, the players need to be spoken to by the manager. Um, that as I said, Jim. Rather than us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's crazy. I thought it was bang out of water. <laughs> but anyway, that's how Jimmy wants to do it. So, all right, you're the manager. Um, so he's, he, you know, that that, you know, like he's, like I said, he's focused on every single game, including this one. So on over the weekend, over on Sunday, he'll sit down and we'll speak with with all the players before we go away in regards to what's going on. Okay, a uh, couple of questions before we throw it open to the floor. Um, We'll sort of try and do two in one, which is update on the stadium and training ground. Yeah, the training ground, uh, let's start with that one first because it's the easier of the two. Um, 106 orders have been agreed and should be signed off next week, so that's a big step forward. Uh, yep, then we've got... Um, this, was, this was a new one for me. Um, if anybody knows Warren Farm, it, it's on a pretty steep slope. So we're actually using something called an importation scheme where you bring in a lot of the, the, the debris and things sterilized, of course, from, from um, various sites in London where they're, where they're developing, and you use that to level out the site. And um, having seen the site, it's, that's quite a big job. So the remaining issues are the licenses for that need to be sorted out so we can start, start that process. And then the, the, there's, then the, the last legal hurdle is, um, I think I've discussed this before, is uh, the public footpath application that's been put across by the local residents across there, which was supposed to have been heard last month. And this is why when someone said, can you give a definite date, I said, I can't, because it was supposed to have been heard last month, and it didn't get heard. Now it should be heard in the first week of June, but things like that with the council are beyond my control. So we need to, to get that through. I'm hoping that that's denied. Otherwise, it's going to be very, very difficult to practice set pieces with a public footpath going across yeah. there. Um, Maybe you can make it underground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then, so then, then we therefore, what we'll probably do is wait for the judicial review period to expire, and then um, I think we're in good, good shape after that. FFP? Oh, God. I'm just thinking of all the all the things I could say about FFP with yeah. you know, what, might fit, with what might fit in those initials. Yeah. Has it been yeah. resolved? No, it's um that is a slow burner. And I you know, look, we're in very very um we're in new ground. Um, Football league is in new ground. Everybody knows it's new ground. Everybody's treading on eggshells about how this does because everybody knows what the potential repercussions could be depending on how this goes. So that is an ongoing process. Um, you know, one of two things will happen. One, we'll, res- we'll come to an agreement on a settlement, or two, it'll be resolved in, in, via the dispute resolution mechanisms of the Football League. Lee, does, does that issue of the FFP at the moment, does that impact on the budget for um, players for the summer at all? No. It's not, no way is that taken into consideration for player acquisitions. So there's nothing they can do to us that could stop us getting players next season at this stage? 
Oh, no, in terms of, a, um, of an embargo or anything? No, yeah. no, nothing okay. under the legal rules, no. And what's the timescale on it? being resolved. That's the point. There is no real time scale because that's not addressed by the league rules. So that's why I think everybody's moving in um, ultra slow motion. Okay. Paul. Can I ask it? This is not a stupid... It is a stupid question. I'm sorry. Um, Neil Warnock, was it ever an option? And if it was, why didn't we take it up? Well, Neil actually said himself when he came in, this is just a temp job for me. That's all I'm here. I'm just here to get you guys over a hump. That's all I'm interested in doing. So... Therefore, if we start looking for a manager... No, that's not saying anything about our current manager. Yeah. I'm just wondering. Yeah. No, no, no. no. Neil, Neil was really upfront about it. He said, you know, at this stage of my life... Then, I don't know what happened. Maybe it was he got a bit of a taste for it. It was like, actually, yeah, I quite fancy this again. So, so you know, the Rotherham job came up. So he said, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Um, but that's, that's one with... Um, only Neil could answer that question about... So why the permanent job up there? Now, he probably sort of said, because you never offered me a permanent job down here. It's like, yeah, but she, he said this was a temp job for you. That's why. Fair enough. Okay, let's open it up. Does anybody have a question? So ju- just one second, just for those listening, that was a, a question about kits, um, new kit um, sponsor or provider moving from Nike to Dry World, I believe it is, and um, when the new kit's going to be available. First, Nike, big company, great market presence, you know, well-respected brand, so um, you know, it's a it's, it's, it's fantastic brand to be associated with. But they kind of call the shots about because they're a big brand and they like it their way. And this is this is what you can choose from in terms of your, your kit, and we, you, know, you can do this. Um, I think Dry World really, really keen to enter the smart. By the way, I'm not Canadian, so it's nothing to do with that. I'm American, so it's, 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 there was no said. hidden. Ad- <laughs> there was no hidden agenda. I'm really from Belfast. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. Yeah, so thank you. <laughs> Um, that shut me off. <laughs> I knew he'd dive in. You can come again. Um, there you you go. Said you so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, so that, yeah, yeah. So, so with them, you know, really, really keen, very customer responsive. Not that Nike isn't, but they, they are the big fish in the pond. These guys re- really want to push things forward. Um, very responsive to the type of things we want to accomplish. And, um, and quite frankly, it was a very lucrative deal for the club. Are well, they good with hoops? Apparently. Excellent. I think we touched on new contracts. Can you talk specifically about um, Fallin and Hill? So I think uh, Fallin is a player that um, is, due out, is out of contract, and uh, I think it's probably one that most of us here would like to see back yeah. in contract. And obviously Hill, uh, a player over the last few years, has been you know, key, and I think many of us would like to see stay at the club in some capacity. So what's the chance of that happening? I think... For- a specific standpoint, um, that wouldn't be one I, I can answer. That's that's one again. The football side would be disrespectful because it's not just Ali and, and Clint who are out of contract out of this season. There are a number of other players as well. And Jimmy's quite keen to say, right, everybody gets told at the same time. And I think that really is the professional and the correct way to do it anyway. So is that is that Jimmy's decision and his alone, or does Les uh, have something to do with that as well? I'm sure they discuss it back and forth um, with with, the, with with what they want to do and how they mold the squad going forward. You know, obviously Jimmy, as as the manager, is saying this is what I want to do, this is how I want to play, this is my style, this is the you know you know. And quite frankly, we brought him in because that fits in with what we want to take, how we want to take the club forward as well. Because that was the other thing we were very keen about is once setting this football philosophy. And Swansea, a great example of it is you, the club sticks to a 
football philosophy. You don't switch everything around every single time you, 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 know, you change a manager. I'm not suggesting that Jimmy's going to change anytime soon, but what I'm saying is four, five, six years down the road, who knows where that takes us, we need to still be following the same philosophy because those are the kind of types of players that the you know, recruitment team are going to be going out and, and, and bringing into the club. Um, and, and again, that's something. Now, there's something I've seen a, a, a massive improvement on since when I first came in here. Recruitment, recruitment team's really, really good right now, very good. A lot of options in front of us right now in terms of targets. So that, that is, is a very encouraging sign. Lee, just going back to the uh, kit question, is there a time, time scale for when it will come out and what will the process oh, be? Oh, sorry, yes, you did ask that. Yeah, end of June. How's it go, hoops? <laughs> Sorry. It, it's one solid hoop all the way down. <laughs> That's called a stripe. <laughs> I'd like to see the red and black away kit come back, personally, as well. The <laughs> FA Cup final kit that season. We, That's, we've had a red and black kit. No, but I mean, like, the Cup final kit that, that season, yeah. Sorry. You've given yourself a current score of a B. Uh, what score would you give your predecessor? And if it's uh, necessarily a bad score, kind of, Why? I, I like would, that question. I, 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 would, I would never, ever grade my, my, my predecessor because he had his own issues to deal with when he came in. Um, he had his own, own um, ideas about how the club should go forward. And, you know, I, I know Phil. I don't know Phil well, but I know Phil, and he came across as a really, really nice guy. So, you, you know, what, what he has to do here, you know, I, I wasn't in his shoes at that time. I think that would be re- It's so... The thing that's easiest to do is stuff that you're not accountable for, to, to, to take pot shots at other people. And I, I, and I, whereas I know, being in those shoes, how difficult it can be. So I, I would never do that. Paul. Good evening, Lee. Thank you for, very much for coming down anyway. Um, just one question, really, which um, is um, sort of burning a lot of fans' hearts, really, is the new ground issue seems to be getting sideswiped by the club. And... It's going to be at least five or ten years until that ever happens. Realistically, it's, yeah, yeah. Realistically, yeah. yeah, so yeah. One thing that I've that. been going on and I've been speaking about a long time is we need to improve Loftus Road. The facilities yep. for season ticket holders are very, very poor. Five thousand percent agree. Yeah. yeah. The the match day experience, and I think I think it's one of your own stats said that ninety five percent of people who, who visit Gloucester Road. Never come back. For the first time. Yeah. For the first time. Never come back. It needs, and then there, there, I did sense what I was saying. Some very easy things that won't cost a lot of money would improve it very, very easy. And it could happen this, in, this, in the close season in the summer. Already been discussed. Already yeah. got some budget approval to do it anyway. Yeah. But just I everybody mean, some, knows... Some the, things won't cost that much money to do. That's right. I didn't say I had a lot of money. That no, I, I'm not talking about a lot of I money. Just, yeah, yeah. Because but, I mean, we see some waste money hand over fist, yeah? No, no. There are some I, things that can listen, be done I, very easily. You're, you're preaching to the choir here. Yeah. You know, the one thing I, I was... I think my first message to, to the owners when I came in, I said, you, if you want to increase the fan base here, you start with the toilets. <laughs> they were once no, the best toilets. Really tried, but it's, it's true. If you and, and this is it in the, in the statistics you're talking about, we had to date. It was probably going up on seven thousand people, and I was shocked by this first time visitors to Loftus Road because I thought it'd be in the hundreds, maybe a thousand. But I, you know, I thought, well, you're either QPR fan or you're not. It's kind of handed down. But uh, you know, it'll become up close to seven thousand by the time we get through Bristol. Half of those are from abroad. Um, so that's quite. But you know, think about it. If I'm if I'm trying to get people in, and particularly in the in the women's market, um, you know, the ladies' market with an increased number of people, those facilities, you know, you, you can't you can't expect people to come in and say, yeah, I'm going to take your money. 
I'm going to, you know, make you stand in a queue to go to the toilet. And by the way, you have a choice. You can either get something to drink or you can go to the toilet at halftime. Which do you choose? It's just the wrong way to go about things. So I am trying to, to, to improve that. But again, we're trying to maintain budgets. So I understand, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that the owners give me some budget to try and take this forward. Now it's trying to figure out from a priority, right, how do I spread this money around? Because, you know, quite frankly, you could spend hundreds of thousands of pounds doing that. Um, but it's just you're not going to be able to do it all in one year. So I think I'll probably be looking at, you know, over the next couple of years, how we do that, how we spread the money around, increase that. Um, catering contract is, is done next season. I've already told the caterers, you need to sharpen your contract. And by the way, the stuff you do in hospitality is actually pretty good, and I get good feedback from it. But the stuff you do in the public concourses is dreadful, and you really need to improve. So I need to see you vast improvement over the next season. That'd be good. Also, can, is, is, there, is, is there any chance we could have our bar back in South Africa Road as well? That'd be nice. Because it gives us somewhere to moan after a game. <laughs> I me. call that the boardroom. <laughs> now, we, used to have a, we used to have a members bar that was quite a good crack. And it's difficult sometimes to get into the blue and white bar if you're coming from a different... Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be nice if we could have maybe bars in Ellsley, all over the ground, just where people can get together after a game. <laughs> Because a lot of people don't live in the area anymore, so the only chance of getting to see people is when they come back to Rangers um, from their past, because everyone's obviously had to move out, and a lot of people had to move out. So we, Yeah, I can look at that. Okay. And can you just Wait a minute, that? I'm not saying, yeah, we're definitely going to do that. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to look at that, see what, see what it would take. No, 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 you said it's going to happen. Provision. You said we have to. What the <laughs> licensing <laughs> provisions are, what the cost will be of putting it in, how we do it most efficiently. While well, I'm on the yeah. roll, any chance of gluten-free beer? Uh, <laughs> no, okay. That's, 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 that's the first take. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, hang on. Has Finney just met someone who didn't know yeah. that he was a celiac? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for, anyone, <laughs> for anyone playing Fingo, that's the first yeah. take on the card. Fingo. Yeah. Fingo. Um, he'll thank you for everything you've done for the club in a minute. Um, we have a question at the back. Could be next year. Ah, who want beer only yeah. there's some people that want beer only they don't want the food and yet there's no separate which they've done before separate kiosk for that or someone standing with a barrel say I'm only serving beer you don't do contactless it's only cash only I've worked in kiosk I worked in a kiosk QPR when I was 17 years old you've gone back not one step ten steps right. it's a disgrace right you obviously it's about, very- money, it's about customer service Okay. And you're looking at the West World Bar, you're looking at the corporate, but you forget about us. No, I'm not looking at the corporate, I'm looking at everything. As I said, I already reckon. Well, as I just said, I'm not just looking at the corporate, I'm looking at everything. That includes the the offerings in the concourses, which I've already said. They have to improve that. Contactless is being rolled out everywhere. That's that's, That's just been addressed in the last probably month and there's no reason why it can't be rolled out so that's that one's done and that will be done and dusted in terms of additional serving points looking at that too the one thing i can't do because someone already brought it up is about that fence between q and r is i've already approached the council about that that's in there 
for a reason, and they are fighting me tooth and nail about taking that out. They're not going to allow me to take it so, because of a migration issue. Someone brought that up at the last um, supporters consultation committee meeting, which I think you were at. No, that, that, that offence, if I'm wrong, I could be wrong, it was brought up between the Portsmouth game. That's exactly what the gentleman said, yeah. yeah. So the council put that up. The licensing authority is saying, no, that's got to come down. We, I, we can't have people migrating back and forth. The blue and white bar, I'll look at that. That's, that's, that's what I can do in terms of how we access that. During a match, it's going to be impossible because of, of, of the crowd control and contraflow issues that you have. It would be a huge health and safety issue. In terms of before a match or after a match, let me, look, let me see what I can do operationally to make that happen. No, I didn't say it was a family stand issue. I said it was a migration issue between going back and forth. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't have people. Contraflow is when you've got people going this way, people going that way. I went to a sta- I went to the stadium in Houston and got absolutely pinned against the wall for 20 minutes because people going this way, people going that way. And I thought, my God, this is what they mean by contraflow. It's one, you can't get anywhere, you can't move. Two, it actually is quite dangerous. So I get the whole contraflow thing about people moving in different directions. But if it's before a game or after a game, and we can establish a route where maybe you go into the bar and then come out and go in the, the exit, the entrance you're supposed to do, let, let me just take a look at it. I've had a number of, um, I've talked to a number of people about the, the family stand, and I think the general consensus is it's a good idea, we need a family stand, but don't like being evicted. I think the process of how you set it up was all wrong. There was no consultation, everybody just went in. I, I get it, all right? I, I, but, 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 But do you think it would be better then if they brought in a bar in the Ellsley and brought a bar into Africa Road? Perhaps maybe more bars in the area? Okay. Okay, let's move on. Andrew's got a question at the back. Go on, just. There's a, a follow-up question on the FFP. Other teams have, have, have almost, their cases have been resolved and, and for Lee to explain a bit more about why this is dragging on. Chief Executive's a brilliant negotiator. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Um, the, the, well, first of all, let's explain FFP and what it means. Effectively, FFP f- um, means that if you, you, you're given a, a set of parameters, you can lose so much money between equity and, and debt. Okay? If you breach that and you go over that amount, if you uh, are still in the championship or the football league, it's not, no, actually, take that back, still in the championship, the year after, the season after you breach that, you get a transfer embargo. Okay? If you breach that, as Millwall, and, and Nottingham Forest is, a, is an example of that, where, where they were placed into an embargo because they breached FFP, bam, they can't sign players. Um, Millwall, because they weren't still in the championship, got relegated. Football League said, right, they didn't get um, a, um, an advantage to that, therefore they can do whatever they want, subject to the, the, um, the, 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 the salary management protocol that they have in Leagues 1 and League 2. If you get promoted, which Bournemouth did, then you get assessed a fine. Now, the reality is nobody's paid a fine. 
okay, Bournemouth and us have been assessed a fine, but nobody's actually paid the fine, and that's where the legal argument is. The people who have um, been, um, had transfer embargoes placed on them, no one's really fought that yet, because basically most people say, transfer embargo, sorry manager, can't bring in any players right now except under these parameters, and they use it to, to their advantage to try and, try and control the manager. The people who have been fined, um, it, that, and that's, that's the whole, that, that's the argument right now. The validity of that rule and the amount of the fine that can be imposed under that rule and, and, um, and how that actually works. Can we argue we didn't spend it very well? <laughs> Just an I'll idea. I'll, I'll try that one. I hadn't thought of that one, so I'll, I'll throw that one in next round. We should be held up as a... As a, as a I think we should... Go to, the FA should use us as how not to buy players sometimes. That's an idea. Okay, question from Rob. Uh, good evening, Lee. Uh, evening. Just wanted to mention, I, you know, I, I play football down at the, the newly renovated pitches on the South Africa Road. What position? Uh, all over. Utility, man. Um, and, uh, Sign him up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I see, I see lots of kids down there, lots of teenagers, but hardly anyone wearing a QPR shirt. Yeah. There's a lot of Manchester United... Manchester City, Liverpool. Probably a few Leicester next season. And I, I grew up in the Northwest, and yet I'm still a QPR fan. And what I want to know is, do we have any kind of initiatives with local schools, local communities, you know, giving free tickets out to the local kids? Because even though there is that statistic about first-time visits, I do feel, you know, a kid coming down to Loftus Road, seeing the atmosphere, a good win, hopefully, under, under our belt, it would encourage them to come down to QPR more and then you know, buy a shirt, say they're a fan, as opposed to supporting a team 150 miles away that they're never, ever going to go and see them. Can I add to that? I also got um, a football thing from school, and it was for Charlton Athletics, but his dad supports QPR. There's no mention of that. And if he was to support QPR, it would be seen as an embarrassment rather than... You know, like a An positive. embarrassment versus Charlton? Uh, Charlton's not. The incentive for me to, to support QPR was what they did for the local schools. Free tickets. So that was one of the big things. And also introducing you know, kids to football. School of Excellence, which was long forgotten about with you know, many years. I was part of the the bad years when there was lack of investment but I was part of the QPR School of Excellence and I had pride for that and I was a local you know I was part of the local community and that invited me to be a QPR fan you know that was my stepping stone to be a QPR fan rather than Chelsea or Fulham or anything like that so what you do with local schools is very important Lee absolutely agree once again but I would have to say one of the things that I'm really pleased about with this club is the community department. I think Andy Evans does an outstanding job. Um, this year... Don't, don't do that. He, he's not here. He's not going to hear that. Don't worry about that. Um, this year, last year, we, saw about, we engaged about 15,000 people. This year, we'll engage about 18,000. And the goal for next year, within two years, I want to be up to 25,000. And also, the unique thing about QPR is um, in the borough, we are... We deliver the primary programs. You know, Chelsea will deliver a lot of programs, but a lot of it is out in you know the A3 quarter and everything. But within the borough of Hammersmith and Fulham itself, we're probably the primary driver, particularly particularly in the north of of, of the borough. Um, I think there was a disconnect uh, when I came in, and, and and I didn't identify it. It was already identified while I I, I I brought it up. It was like, yep, we understand that between community 
and the academy in terms of um, development players who may be not quite ready for the academy yet, but certainly very good and better than just a grassroots program. So that was worked on straight away. Uh, there's a lot more involvement now between the academy and the, um, and the, and the community department. Um, and again, this is one of the things that, that, that Chris and, um, and, and Gary have, have introduced, and that, I think, is going to percolate. You won't see results. It'll be years before you actually see results from that by the time we get those players. But with the work Andy's doing in the schools, we do have presence in, in the local schools. I would be curious as to where you, you, you live and where your son goes to school, because there is kind of also an agreement with clubs in terms of, right, this particular area is yours, this particular area is ours. And so, you know, we would not go in, you, you know, the, the school that's right across from Craven Cottage and put a program in there. And that was one of the things that we were really, really hot on about um, when we did the, the – um, when they did the, the, the play football development is, whoa, 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 you know, don't even think of talking to anybody else but us. We're the ones that are going to be there. One thing I did notice, and even last week when we did the Fans Festival, a lot of kids there, a lot of kids playing – Three young lads in Arsenal shirts, and I heard one of them say, does QPR play today? Who do they play? And you think, you know, that's ridiculous for that to be having right next door to the club when I've got, when I've got the, that. We really need to get engaged a lot more with the kids. Um, and I'll be quite frank, I'm not a big fan of handing out free tickets. I'll, I'll charge a pound, because what I found with free tickets is if you give somebody a ticket, they can't be, they might turn up, they might turn up, they can't be. Just by paying one pound, it's like, well, I paid something for that. I'll, you know, I've got a 90% chance more of being there. So I'd rather charge them next to nothing just so they feel that commitment and do it. The other thing in terms of the first-time fans initiatives, um, we've not really advertised this. We just do it a bit under the radar. But we will pick out two, three families uh, and we do tend to use families because we want, we want to get a kid between the ages, normally between 6 and 10 years old. Um, we'll pick those families. They'll go down in the tunnel. They'll watch the players warm up. They'll give all the players high fives. And the one thing I always get afterwards is like, oh, you've got a QPR fan for life here now. He's over the moon. I'm like, yep, that's the idea. Can, can I just say one thing? Sorry. <laughs> um, again. What, what, what I don't get is you can go Only to... one. Yeah, you can go to White City um, Tuesdays. You can go to Sitwich Bush. You can go to, You're going to bring up posters, aren't you? No, no, I'm not. I'm just going to say you wouldn't know that we exist in the immediate area. We need to be proud of ourselves. We need to go out to Labour Grove. We need to go out to all them areas and actually shout about ourselves a wee bit. I mean, it wouldn't take that much, um, imagine, to do that. But if, honestly, you would not believe how many people don't know that QPR exists in the area who come in as tourists or whatever. We've got to, we've got to be a wee bit more out there and, and get things organised. Well, and okay. we could do that even by putting banners of, of players and match stairs of like Simon Stainrod, Tony Curry, whatever, Gary Bannister, whatever, have past players on lampposts, whatever. Just shout a wee bit more about our club. The one thing, when I came in um, a couple of weeks ago, the community had actually stuck some, um, I don't know what you call them, but it's like, it's like a banner, not on the lamppost, but they actually stick in the ground. And I really thought it looked good. The one thing I do know about lampposts and trying to put posters on there, having done it, trying to address this with several other councils, is you've got to do a structural survey of all the lampposts it costs a fortune. It's I'll do it at 3 o'clock in the morning to be ground. The straight ones in the ground, what I've said is, can we look at this in terms of how we put stuff in the ground like a permanent anchor in there so that nobody, maybe at the end of a game, getting carried away, might you know, pull it out and take it home as a souvenir. Presence is a word but that is, I, I, I do think you're right. We do need to have more, more visible presence there. It, but, but, but bear in mind, we are in the schools in those particular areas. So, I know, I'm so not that, saying you're so not, but I'm just saying out. we need to be more visual. No. Question from Patrick. Oh, yeah, earlier on you're talking about the blue and white hoops and all the rest of it. And now I've got, I got people who, when they, they say, who do you support? You say QBR, they go, oh, the hoops. 
right? I don't know if the club is doing it now, but I've got one of my boys up there, but they were, both of my boys were the junior supporters, season ticket holders from uh, five, six years old. As I say, I don't know if you're doing it now. For, for them junior season ticket holders, even members, give them a free replica top. Sorry, a free what? A replica football top. All right. Great advertising. Oh, yeah, send me a fortune. You know, is it going to cost a fortune? I don't know. I mean, I don't think they cost that much to make, you know. But uh, what a great bit of advertising. Plus, dad and mum are spending enough money on these tickets anyway. So what's a bit of, what's a, the hoops, you know. It'd be nice advertising. Yeah. Bit of goodwill. Bit of goodwill. One, got time for one last question. Okay, I agree with Paul Finney. My partner's from... Lord, my, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> my partner's from West This audience has gone downhill. <laughs> my partner's from West London. Me and my, our children are from South East London. As far as my son's school go, Manchester United, Chelsea, mm. Arsenal are the top teams. He supports Man United... Um, sorry, QPR. He always has done. <laughs> so for my son to support QPR, it's kind of embarrassing. And I wouldn't like it to be that way. I'd like him to say, I support QPR, and for it to be something to be proud of. Do they mind the fans go? Pardon? The trouble is, I've always had this argument with people about QPR. Um, there's people in Northern Ireland that I know. I never mentioned from Belfast, but I am. Um, oh, really? uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, they, 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 they kind of, I know what you're saying about the impact, but they, they kind of go to the school, and on, they, they, they were seeing stakeholders. So when they went to school on the Monday, the Man U fans, the Arsenal fans, no offence, um, we're, we're, we're giving them grief. And they'd turn around and say, yeah, I saw QPR play Saturday. It doesn't matter what it's Wolves or it doesn't matter Man United, it doesn't matter what Liverpool, who, give a, who, who cares? I nearly swore. Um, and that's what you're proud of, the fact that you go, you belong, yeah. it's a culture, and we, we are much better than them. Game. I mean, no, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying yeah. we, we belong, we have a, we have a purpose. Yeah. They just wear shirts. It's completely so, different. So, Lee, I, I suppose the question... So the question is, how, how are you and also the football side of the club going to make kids start to be proud of supporting the club? Again? Well, well here, here's... What, what you... Yes. Well, part of it will be, if you do a sports day at a school, that's down to how schools now operate. You know, that, and I'd have to check that out. There's a lot of things I find different now than even 10 years ago when I started with, with what we're allowed to do in schools and what we can't do in schools. And even the, the, the amount of physical education that a, a school actually delivers, a lot of it being outsourced, it's, um, it's a strange, strange environment. In terms of your question, really you've just summed up my first day speech to, to my staff when I walked in, which is, we're competing. This is, we're, we're competing against mass media presence right now. Ma- Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, Arsenal, next year Tottenham, even Leicester, are going to be on the television constantly. And kids are very, very video-oriented these days. So how do we compete against that? Because most of their time, they're not even outside anymore. They're inside watching TV. They see more inside than they do outside. So how do we compete against that? And there's only one way we can compete. We have to make it personal. We have to make it fun. While a kid can say, yep, yeah, I watched Man U on TV last night. Did you see that? Did you see that? Oh, I watched Chelsea. Um, God, I remember when they used to play in the Champions League. I wish they'd do it again. Um, you know, they might say all that, but... but 
what we need to do is say, right, yeah, but I had, you know, Seb Poulter come down and visit me at a program today. I had Seb Poulter come and visit me at the school. I had um, Chiron Henry. I shook his hand. I had my photo taken with him. That's what we need to do. And really, and, and it's, it's, it's relatively recent that we've gotten the, the player appearances gone again. It's probably only been the last three months. Jimmy's very much in favor of this. It's to get them at the players. That's what we need. It's no good me talking to you guys. It's no good me going out to a school. Nobody cares. Um, great Les, great ambassador. Andy Sinton, great ambassador for the club. But what kids want to see, kids want to see the real players. They want to mix with the real players. So that's what we need to do. We need to be real to the local community. We need to have presence in the local community. We need to get our guys who run the pitch out there in the local community. Can I? We have, some YouTube, we have some premium, but what I'm saying is, forget that right now. I'm saying going out and actually meeting kids. You've touched, you know, like I said, yeah, this player like came and visited. I get that's, that, was my, that was my whole, my whole premise first. And I'm still not going to compete whether that's digital, because if they can see a player live playing on TV versus a little bit of digital content of a player talking and doing something, there's no competition. Chris. Yeah. There, there is one thing that's interesting, though. People say, well, we're really worried, you know, we violated FFP, we did this. Guys, we do have to raise revenue, and I will raise revenue. I make no excuses about it. I will. People always say, oh, it's just about the money. Yeah, usually when someone tells me it's just about the money, it means they don't want to pay the money. But I need to generate revenue, and the two things I've done, try to raise revenue and try to cut costs. So I get to a point where those things are pretty even, because I... The owners aren't going to hear this, are they? Yeah, they might. <laughs> um, you mean right, I'm going to say it anyway. I don't care about making a profit. What I care about is making it sustainable. What I care about is just making sure that, you know, a hundred years from now, this club is still in existence and that we got enough money coming in that does that without having to rely on a sugar daddy because... And I'm not suggesting the owners are ready to pull the plug anytime soon, but I see what happens with clubs like Bolton when someone just says, you know what? I'm not right now to check every month to keep this thing ticking over. Enough is enough. I've had enough. And that club went on the brink. Never got F no FFP violations for Bolton. They're always in compliance. But, you know, 150 million pounds or 200 million pounds worth of debt to Eddie Davis. And I don't blame Eddie for one minute. It's like, after a while, no matter how rich you are, when, when you're paying millions of pounds per game for your season ticket, that's a pretty expensive deal. So I really need to do make sure that these books are balanced. I'm, profit... Great, you know, if we're in a little bit of a profit, great. The key, though, is just making it sustainable, just making it break even. Can I? Um, we're, we're just going to do one last question oh, from the audience, I which is like John. You said that. that was two questions. Again, which I know, but yeah. this is John, and oh, it's I, his gaff. He's John Hello, from John. the good ship, so he's allowed to ask an extra question. That's favoritism. You're not going to ask me what beer I want. I thought the question was, Lily, what beer would you like? <laughs> what beer? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. Um, I went to Nottingham Forest away this season in the FA Cup game. If you go to the FA Cup games, it's kind of a. Um, it's kind of a. You know you're going to lose. You know. <laughs> John just said, you know you're going to lose. Yeah, yeah. In the League Cup's not much better, to be fair. Second worst, I think. Yeah. Damn it! Who beat us? <laughs> Blackpool. Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for Blackpool. For a team in the top 
So question no. about the inc- increased yep. effort and um, victory ratio in FA Cup games. I just turn up to the game. All right. Um, I think it goes back to exactly what I was talking about earlier, about competitive for every match. When I mentioned cups, and that's when I threw it up there, yep, I've had the feedback on the cups. So I, I understand that completely. Yeah. All right, okay. Uh, can I just end on, on. sorry, I was going to say, on a positive note. Um, We've got one more. Okay. One last, last, last question from Paul. Lee, I appreciate that you're doing local schools in the area. I think we've done a survey that we enjoy a QPR fans I think that's that's the um, what I when I first came in, and that, that's what that comment meant. You, we're competing against the mass media. We have to make it personal. So, it's, well, it's two things. Ah, uh, there you go. That's one of the, the biggest keys: is fan retention. I can spend a ton of money trying to get new people in the ground, but it's absolutely pointless if I don't retain who I have already. So, I 100% agree with you. Um, but I, make, I also, I'm not naive, because just because someone's these days, just because my dad's an, you know, an Arsenal fan, doesn't mean I'll be an Arsenal fan, just because my dad's a QPR fan, because we're competing against that mass media, one of the likes of which it hasn't been ever before. So yes, I will, I will concentrate on that. And, and to be honest, that was one of the, the, um, the theories behind the family stand. Get families together, get families coming in, get fathers and sons, mums and daughters, mums and sons, fathers and daughters. Get those people coming in and, and have that stick. Where would you move it to? I think that was the point because I've looked around. Yeah, so it can't be moved. Is really what you're saying? The funny thing is, I've heard this about the atmosphere, but yet I looked at Brighton at home, second half, atmosphere was rocking. I've looked at a couple of games, the atmosphere. What, what, it hap- what, we, need, what we need is something to cheer about. And I think what happens yeah, is, yeah. firstly, I think it's down to the fans to try to get the players going. After that, it's down to the players to keep the fans going. Chris. Chris has the final question. We uh, have to finish because we have it's Lee not, It's not really a question. Uh, I was just going to oh, say, on a, on a positive note, what I do think is the club do very well um, is the family days or, or the fans' day in the summer where the kids all go along. The players, and last year or last season, went along and, that, and they spent, must have been two hours, they watched an open training session, then they all went round the pitch, every one of them, Charlie Austin, signing more autographs than anybody else. 
So I think we've got the makings of, of, of I, I slipped this, a new so. contract in there, but he spotted it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah that's, what, that's what I think a lot of people said. It. But I, I think, yeah, we've got the foundations uh, of doing stuff with the kids. My daughter particularly really loves that and comes out glowing. I think it's fantastic. So it's just a case of building on that. And the community side with the Tiger Cubs and all the rest of it is brilliant as well. So uh, we can be completely negative about the club, but we have got some good things too, and I think we just need to build on them. And, and for the benefit of those listening, uh, there was a comment from the crowd during that applause, which was, Lee, you're a breath of fresh air. Um, so, so does that really mean I'm a blowhard? <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave you with the final word. The first question was, you're a year in-ish, and, and what's your verdict? If you came back in a year's time, where will we be on and off the pitch? Oh, now you ask me to predict the future. And if I could predict the future, I wouldn't be up here right now because I'd be a millionaire somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, where would I be on the pitch? The, obviously, one thing we'd have would be um, going into a new website, consultations of which start in the next couple of weeks because I think it's really important that we get, um, one, the opinions of the various um, um, fan sites around there, but also the end users. And I'm a big fan of, okay, before we do something, let's start with the people who use it and then work backwards. Um, so certainly be there um, I'd like to see a few more um, kids coming out of the academy bearing in mind that's not really a one year plan that's probably a three to four year plan with, with how things are going but I think you know this past weekend showed thought Cole did a really good job this weekend thought Michael Petrasso was excellent mm. um, you know you got Ben Gladwin came on you thought <laughs> Matt Ingram <laughs> Matt played a outstanding game bear in mind these guys are like you know Cole, what's Cole, Cole will be 20 later on this month you know, you, you got Michael, you're, you're 23, um, Ben 23, Matt 22. These are young players with a big future ahead of them, and I think that's what it is about right. Let's tap into these guys. Let's, 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 let's just make the future bright. Mm. Um, off the pitch, you'll still be moaning at me because the facilities are bad, but I'm going to do what I can to try to make them as good as I possibly can. Um, but bearing in mind, we don't have unlimited funds. I just can't spend uh, you know, fortunes on the stadium. Um, again, you know, I'd like to see the fan zone get bigger, the fan, you know, the fan festival that we did at the end of the season. I think I got really good feedback on it, but I just think we can do a lot better on that. So I guess it really is growth. I want to see the club grow. Great. Thank you. Uh, Lee, thank you very much for coming. Um, those of you who are here and not listening to it, just stay in your seats at the end of the first half. But that really nicely wraps up the first part of the QPR Podcast Live. Thank you very, very much for coming in. You, didn't, uh, ha- you don't have to be here, but we really appreciate the dialogue with the club and how he, open he the noise is. told me I did have to be here. <laughs> <laughs> you lied. Thank you very much. Let's hear it again for Lee Hoos. Bye.